Chapter 77, 78, and 79 of Ruth Hall by Fanny Fern. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 77 And now our heroine had become a regular businesswoman. She did not even hear the whirr-whirr of the odd lodger in the attic. The little room was littered with newspapers, envelopes, letters opened and unopened, answered and waiting to be answered. One minute she might be seen sitting, pen in hand, trying, with knit brows, to decipher some horrible cabalistic printer's mark on the margin of her proof, then writing an article for Mr. Walter, then scribbling a business letter to her publishers, stopping occasionally to administer a sedative to Nettie, in the shape of a timely quotation from Mother Goose, or to heal a fracture in a doll's leg or arm. Now she was washing a little soiled face, or smoothing little rumpled ringlets, replacing a missing shoestring or pinafore button, then wading through the streets while Boreas contested stoutly for her umbrella, with parcels and letter to the post office, for Ruth must be her own servant, regardless of gutters or thermometers, regardless of jostling or crowding. What cared she for all these when Katie would soon be back, poor little patient suffering Katie? ruth felt as if wings were growing from her shoulders she never was weary or sleepy or hungry she had not the slightest idea till long after what an incredible amount of labor she accomplished or how her mother's heart was goading her on pressing business that miss hall must have said her landlady with a sneer as ruth stood her dripping umbrella in the kitchen sink pressing business running round to offices and the like of that in such a storm as this you wouldn't catch me doing it if i was a widder i hope i'd have more regard for appearances i don't understand all this flying in and out one minute up in her room the next in the street forty times a day and letters by the wholesale it will take me to inquire into it it may be all right i hope it is but of course i like to know what is going on in my house this miss hall is so terrible close-mouthed i don't like it i've thought a dozen times i'd like to ask her right straight out who and what she is and done with it but i have not forgotten that little matter about the pills and when i see her there's something about her she's civil enough too that seems to say don't you cross that chalk mark sally waters i never had lodgers afore like her and that old bond up in the garret they are as much alike as two peas she goes scratch 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 he goes whirr 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 they hain't spoke a word to one another since that child was sick it's enough to drive anybody mad to have such a mystery in the house i can't make head nor tail on't john now he don't care a rush light about it no more he wouldn't if the top of the house was to blow off but there's nothing plagues me like it and yet i ain't a bit curious nother well neither she nor bond make me any trouble there's that in it if they did i wouldn't stand it and as long as they both pay their bills so regular i shan't make a fuss i should like to know though what miss hall is all about all the time publication day came at last there was the book ruth's book oh how few of its readers if it were fortunate enough to find readers would know how much of her own heart's history was there laid bare yes there was the book she could recall the circumstances under which each separate article was written little shoeless feet were covered with the proceeds of this a little medicine or a warmer shawl was bought with that 
This was written, faint and fasting, late into the long night, that composed while walking wearily to or from the offices where she was employed. One was written with little Nettie sleeping in her lap, another still, a mirthful, merry piece, as an escape valve for a wretched heartache. Each had its own little history. Each would serve, in days after, for a landmark to some thorny path of bygone trouble. Oh, if the sun of prosperity, after all, should gild these rugged paths! Some virtues, many faults, the book had, but God speed it for little Katie's sake. Let me see, please, said Nettie, attracted by the gilt covers as she reached out her hand for the book. Did you make those pretty pictures, Mamma? No, my dear, a gentleman, an artist, made those for me. I make pictures with ABCs. Show me one of your pictures, Mamma, said Nettie. Ruth took the child upon her lap and read her the story of Gertrude. Nettie listened with her clear eyes fixed upon her mother's face. Don't make her die. Oh, please don't make her die, Mamma, exclaimed the sensitive child, laying her little hand over her mother's mouth. Ruth smiled and improvised a favorable termination to her story, more suitable to her tender hearted audience. That is nice, said Nettie, kissing her mother. When I get to be a woman, shall I write books, Mamma? God forbid, murmured Ruth, kissing the child's changeful cheek. God forbid, murmured she musingly, as she turned over the leaves of her book. No happy woman ever writes. From Harry's grave sprang Floy. End of chapter seventy seven. Chapter seventy eight. You have a noble place here, said a gentleman to Ruth's brother Hyacinth, as he seated himself on the piazza, and his eye lingered first upon the velvet lawn, with its little clumps of trees sloping down to the river, then upon the feathery willows now dipping their light green branches playfully into the water, then tossing them gleefully up to the sunlight. A noble place, said he as he marked the hazy outline of the cliffs on the opposite side, and the blue river which laved their base flecked with many a snowy sail. It were treason not to be poetical here. I should catch the infection myself, matter of fact as I am. Do you see that steamer yonder, floating down the river, Lewis? said Hyacinth. Do you know her? No? Well, she is named Floy after my sister by one of her literary admirers. The your sister, Floy, your sister? Why, everybody is going mad to know who she is. Exactly, replied Hyacinth, running his white fingers through his curls. Floy is my sister. Why the deuce didn't you tell a fellow before? I have wasted more pins, ink, and breath trying to find her out than I can stop to tell you about now, and here you have kept as mum as a mouse all the time. What did you do it for? Oh, well, said Hyacinth, coloring a little, Floy had an odd fancy for being incognito, and I, being in her confidence, you know, was on honor to keep her secret. But she still wishes it kept, said Louis, so her publishers, whom I have vainly pumped, tell me. So, as far as that goes, I don't see why you could not have told me before just as well as now. Hyacinth very suddenly became aware of an odd craft in the river, and was apparently intensely absorbed looking at it through his spy glass. Hyacinth, 
Hi, I say hyacinth, said the pertinacious Lewis. I believe, after all, you are humbugging me. How can she be your sister? Here's a paragraph in the Sentinel, saying, and Lewis drew the paper from his pocket, unfolded it, and put on his glasses with distressing deliberation. We understand that Floy, the new literary star, was in very destitute circumstances when she first solicited the patronage of the public, often wandering from one editorial office to another in search of employment, while wanting the commonest necessaries of life. There, now, how can that be if she is your sister, and you an editor, too, always patronizing some new contributor with a flourish of trumpets? Pooh, man, you are hoaxing. And Lewis jogged him again by the elbow. Beg your pardon, my dear boy, said Hyacinth blandly, but upon my honor I haven't heard a word you were saying. I was so intent upon making out that craft down the river. I'm a little afraid of that fog coming up, Lewis. Suppose we join Mrs. Ellet in the drawing-room. Odd, very odd, soliloquized Lewis. I'll try him again. Did you read the panegyric on Floy in the Inquisitor of this morning? said Lewis. That paper, you know, is decidedly the highest literary authority in the country. It pronounces Floy's book to be an unquestionable work of genius. Yes, replied Hyacinth. I saw it. It is a great thing, Lewis, for a young writer to be literarily connected. And Hyacinth pulled up his shirt-collar. But I understood you just now that nobody knew she was your sister, when she first published the pieces that are now collected in that book, said Lewis, with his characteristic pertinacity. There's that craft again, said Hyacinth. Can't you make her out, Lewis? No, by Jove, replied Lewis sarcastically, I can't make anything out. I never was so befogged in my life. And he bent a penetrating glance on the masked face before him. It is past my finding out, at least just now, but I've a Yankee tongue in my head, so I don't despair, with time and perseverance. And Lewis followed Hyacinth into the house. "'Confounded disagreeable fellow,' soliloquized Hyacinth, as he handed him over to a knot of ladies in the drawing-room. "'Very awkward, that paragraph. I wish I had the fellow who wrote it, at pistol-shot distance just now. Well, if I am badgered on the subject of Floyd's poverty, I shall start a paragraph saying that the story is only a publisher's trick to make her book sell. By Jove, they don't corner me.' I have got out of worse scrapes than that before now, by the help of my wits and lawyers, but I don't think a paper of any influence would attack me on that point. I have taken care to secure all the more prominent ones, long ago, by judicious puffs of their editors in the Irving magazine. The only one I fear is anonymous, and I will lay an anchor to windward there this very week, by praising the editor's last stupid editorial. What an unmitigated donkey that fellow is! End of chapter 78 Chapter 79 How are you, Walter? said Mr. Lewis, extending his hand. Fine day! How goes the world with you? They say you are a man who dares to you to the line. Let the chips fall in whose face they will. Now I want you to tell me if Floy is really a sister of Hyacinth Ellet, the editor of the Irving magazine. I cannot believe it, though he boasted of it to me the other day. I hear such accounts of her struggles and her poverty. I cannot see into it. 
"'It is very easily understood,' said Mr. Walter, with a dark frown on his face. "'Mr. Hyacinth Ellet has always had one hobby, namely, social position. "'For that he would sacrifice the dearest friend or nearest relative he had on earth. "'His sister was once in affluent circumstances, beloved and admired by all who knew her.' Hyacinth at that time was very friendly, of course. Her husband's wine and horses and his name on change were things which the extravagant Hyacinth knew how to appreciate. Hall, Floyd's husband, was a generous-hearted, impulsive fellow, too noble himself to see through the spacious, flimsy veil which covered so corrupt a heart as Hyacinth. Had he been less trusting, less generous to him, Floyd might not have been left so destitute at his death. When that event occurred, Hyacinth's regard for his sister evaporated in a lachrymose obituary notice of Hall in the Irving magazine. The very day after his death, Hyacinth married Julia Gray, or rather married her fortune. His sister, after seeking in vain to get employment, driven to despair, at last resorted to her pen, and applied to Hyacinth, then the prosperous editor of the Irving magazine, either to give her employment as a writer, or show her some way to obtain it. At that time Hyacinth was constantly boasting of the helping hand he had extended to young writers in their extremity, whom, by the way, he paid in compliments after securing their articles, and whom, he was constantly asserting, had been raised by him from obscurity to fame. "'Well,' said Lewis, bending eagerly forward, "'well, he helped his sister, of course.' "'He did no such thing, sir,' said Mr. Walter, bringing his hand down on the table. "'He did no such thing, sir.' but he wrote her a cool, contemptuous, insulting letter, denying her all claim to talent. She had sent him some specimen articles, and advising her to seek some unobtrusive employment. What employment he did not trouble himself to name, and then ignored her existence, and this too when he was squandering money on distressed actresses, etc. Well, said Mr. Lewis, inquiringly, well, sir, she struggled on bravely and single-handed, with the skeleton starvation standing by her hearthstone. She, who had never known a wish ungratified during her married life, whose husband's pride in her was only equaled by his love. She had sunk fainting to the floor with hunger, that her children might not go supperless to bed. And now, when the battle is fought and the victory won, he comes in for a share of the spoils. It is my sister Floy, and tis his literary reputation which was the stepping-stone to her celebrity as a writer. To show you how much his reputation has helped her, I will just state that, not long since, I was dining at a restaurant near two young men who were discussing Floy. One says, Have you read her book? No, said the other with a sneer, nor do I want to. It is enough for me that Hyacinth Ellet claims her as a sister. That is enough to damn any woman. Then, continued Mr. Walter, there was an English paper, the editor of which, disgusted with Hyacinth's toadyism, fopperies, and impudence while abroad, took occasion to cut up her book, as he acknowledged, because the writer was said to be Ellet's sister. That is the way his reputation has helped her. "'No wonder she is at sword's point with him,' remarked Mr. Lewis. 
"'She is not at Swords Point with him,' replied Mr. Walter. "'She simply chooses to retain the position her family assigned her when she was poor and obscure. "'They would not notice her then. She will not accept their notice now.' "'Where was the old man, her father, all this time?' said Mr. Lewis. "'Was he alive and in good circumstances?' "'Certainly.' said Mr. Walter, and once in a while he threw her a dollar, just as one would throw a bone to a hungry dog with a begone. "'By Jove!' exclaimed Mr. Lewis, as he passed out. "'What a heartless set!' End of chapter 79